again to another great edition of Talking Ticks. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by my co-host Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. We've got an uh, array of different things to get into for you this week on Talking Ticks. Uh, LSU's coaching search uh, may be over. We'll get into that. Uh, news dropping actually today on Monday uh, about that. Uh, still no final word, but we, we look like it's going to be leaning to a, a, a higher here. Uh, Coach O's, I guess, I don't know, maybe his second guy since Marcus Freeman went to Notre Dame. Um, uh, a couple players uh, announcing decisions, uh, some staying, some going. Uh, LSU basketball had a good week, actually. I think we'll probably touch on that. And then uh, there's been some other coaching moves that we, we'd we kind of love to talk about here on Talking Tig since it's, you know, somewhat within the family, uh, you know, in, in the SEC anyway. And uh, also, uh, I don't know. That Saints game, I don't know, is it Drew Brees' last game? Is, is that era over? We, we might get into that, too. Uh, but before we do, just wanted to check in with the co-host to see how you guys are doing. Hope you had a, a good week um, after that great pod with, uh, with Daniel's uncle. I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to match that one from here on out. So <laughs> how are you guys doing? Uh, doing pretty well, Scott. Thanks. Yeah, yesterday's Saints game was a little depressing, signaling the end of Louisiana football for the most part until the fall. Uh, we have the the long anti-football winter upon us. But so that was bad. But other than that, doing pretty well. Um, just uh, the normal, normal stuff. What about you, Tommy? Yeah, just living life. You know, watch the Saints lose. That was cool, I guess. And uh, just keeping an eye on this on this DC hire. Um, you know, we might we might end up having one by the time this podcast posts. So, uh, you know, something to look for. Uh, yeah, and speaking of, as it stands now, LSU is all set and ready to hire uh, the defensive line coach from the Saints, Ryan Nielsen, uh, to make him the next defensive coordinator. And uh, this comes a day just after the Saints were eliminated from the playoffs. Probably no. Uh, Probably, probably not a coincidence there. Uh, and I remember Coach O kind of hinting at this uh, when he was on us last week. I think after you know Freeman decided to go to Notre Dame, Coach O said he had his guy, but he couldn't make his announcement yet. You know that kind of made me think. All right, well, I guess I guess he's in the pros. Just you know depends on who he has in mind. But I think some of this had already been suspected. But uh, they would get. Um, I think a really good defensive line coach. I mean, the, the Saints have done really well this year. Like, they didn't have, I think, a 100-yard rusher for almost two seasons. Well, you know, until this year. And then they gave up two in one game. Uh, but other than that, man, the Saints' defensive line and the, just the defense in general has uh, looked really good the last couple of years. Um, he's been mostly in college as an assistant until he uh, was with the Saints. But I, I think this would be his most – how profile job yet uh profile as in like the position position like, wise yeah i think you're right yeah, exactly uh i don't think he's been a, a defensive coordinator at a you know well any yeah he definitely not like a big a big program like lsu right right exactly or in the pros so that would be new for him that'd be some new lifeblood uh you know he's a defensive line guy he, i'm sure he and coach o speak the same language as much as that could be so i don't know i would say my, my, my feelings are hopefully it goes through. Now, there was some talk, though, that uh, at least in the initial reporting, uh, which was uh, by, by Jane Slater from the NFL Network, they said that he told Sean Payton of his intention to take the LSU job. Uh, but supposedly, 
the Saints may not sign off over it just yet because of some uh, dispute in his contract language, which says he, you know, they may not support a move to the college level, but I, I can't imagine why. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, Tommy, you'd agree. It's like it, it wouldn't make any sense for, you know, if he was to transfer to the Carolina Panthers, that might make sense. You know, it's non-compete clause, but that doesn't exist. But for some reason, he can't go back to college, a place where he's never had the defensive coordinator job I, I don't know it's really weird I mean I, I kind of like the hire but I guess we'll just wait for the uh you know the minutia to work itself out before they officially hire him in front of a uh you know a sponsor with LSU purple and gold with the with their name on it you know with coach O uh and then he walks out with a purple tie and takes the job <laughs> um I I kind of like the hire I think it's it's a different direction than we thought they might have gone so I don't know Tommy what uh what do you feel about this supposed um all but finalized hire i I mean i think that it's going to be uh i think there's a lot of upside in it you know he's a young guy he's got nfl uh an nfl background he's a defensive line coach like you said and that that's something that we you know uh we've tried to improve on we're always trying to recruit the best defensive linemen you know this is a guy who's going to be able to develop mason smith uh you know ujulari Logan, all these, all these uh, guys who are a lot of them coming back and then some guys coming in. Um, He's also, he's coached with coach O before he was the defensive court or the the defensive line coach at Ole Miss when O was the head head coach there. So, you know, he's got an experience, he's got experience with Orgeron, which I think is a good thing. Um, I hope they can get that, that contract thing mixed up or, you know, uh, taken care of. I don't know. That's kind of weird. I don't know. I don't really understand that, but um, I don't either. I we probably have an agent on to, to discuss why that would be like, why, why would that be the non-competes? Like, unless, no, I, I, I can't think of anything. Yeah. Uh, unless, unless you can Daniel, but um, I don't know. What, what do you think? Are you kind of like with Tommy and me where, yeah, it's a good hire. Let's see how it works out. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good hire. Obviously we were gunning for Marcus Freeman and some of the bigger names to start with. And I think that may have made more of a splash and drawn more attention to LSU as a program in general. But obviously the last time we had a Saints assistant come to the fold and Joe Brady, it worked pretty well. And they are obviously trying to replicate that again with their offensive pieces and Ryan Nielsen here. I think the chemistry with Coach O will work well as he is uh, you don't really want it to become kind of an old boys club where he's pulling in his kind of what it is at this point. Yeah. His best friends. And you kind of seen that a little bit before, like Steve Insminger kind of sticking around um, Robinson, like James Craig kind of being there for like a long time. And then of uh, course, uh, Polini. Yeah. And then hiring Polini. So then you're kind of like, eh, like maybe some, some outside talent could kind of inject a little bit of life into this program, but I think it's good. The saints uh, defensive line has been one of their strengths for the past couple of years. There was a stretch, I think from, last year through this season there was like 20 games in a row where they didn't have a hundred yard rusher or something like that mm-hmm. uh, which was one of the, the longest streaks in the nfl history i believe well that's what he that's what uh nielsen said before this uh now i guess this the saints game you know both uh jones and fournette ran pretty well so i don't know if it really worked, yeah but he said he said before this game he was like i'm going like we we're going to stop the run because they were talking about i think they asked him in a pregame uh pregame you know press conference or whatever they said uh you have some of the best pass rushers on the team like how are you going to get to brady or whatever and he was like you know we have to stop the run like that's what i'm that's what i'm focused on 
Yeah, and then at this point in college football, you, you're a little more scared of the pass. The air raid offense is kind of raining down on you, and you might call into question whether this is his really area of expertise. But then you have um, Corey Raymond uh, to take care of that. So I think he's got really all the help he needs. So hopefully it pays dividends and excited to see what he brings to the table for LSU. Hey, man, and a little stronger connection back. Actually, he actually – played for coach o when when coach o was at a uh, oh, southern cal yeah usc yeah, yeah. and uh, he bounced around uh, i guess mostly college staffs for 14 years uh right before he got to the saints though he's a defensive line coordinator at nc state where he was actually a, a broils award finalist that's when he jumped to uh the saints and he's he's been with them for the last couple of years so i yeah i mean i i can't imagine that the saints can you know just stop this because I mean, wouldn't wouldn't Joe Brady have been under this same? Uh, I don't know. I guess every contract's different, you know, depending on what your agents want. But uh, I can't imagine why, like, this not go through. So I, I don't know. I, I can't speak on what I don't know, but I, it just doesn't. I don't know. My mind won't accept the fact that this won't go through because of some Saints contract language, you know. So I'm just gonna accept. Although them. we were pretty like convinced that. Um... Freeman? Yeah, I, was, I lost his name for a second. Then Marcus Freeman was like a done deal, and then that kind of slipped through the fingers as well. So until they officially announce him, it's hard to say. Yeah, sure. I'm telling you, if we don't get this guy, I mean, it's gonna be, it's gonna be like because me that's and what, you and Scott calling plays for. We'll, we'll be a three code code coordinator. Because that's what we were saying last week. We're like, well, we missed out on all the big college guys. Like, oh, now it's time for some random NFL guy who we were unsure about. Then. Ryan Nielsen came out as the name, and then if we don't go here, then where are we going? Downwards. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where you go. Um, the only place we could go is, uh, and it's been floated, but I don't think it would work out, would be a, a, a newly departed head coach in the SEC. Scott, do you want to get into that? I would love to. Um, well, I don't know. If, if for some reason – he didn't work out. I mean, there's still options because it's, you know, it's still the coaching carousel season and anybody can become available at any time, which is what Jeremy Pruitt just found out. He is, uh, he is no longer going to be the coach at Tennessee. Uh, Philip Fulmer making that decision and a little side note from that. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe Philip Fulmer. I, I just, I have a, a very small conspiracy theory about that. It's like ever since they fired him, Mm-hmm. remember Tennessee has just not been the same and True. then they brought him back as AD I don't know if that was because they really thought he was you know would be a good AD or it's maybe like it's some sort of penance for ending his uh, his career and their football program back in uh, early 2000s but I, I don't know do you think Philip Fulmer's just hiring the guys he knows aren't gonna work out to like make them further look at their bad decision that's the, that's the theory but, as um, I as I understood the Fulmer like bringing Fulmer back to uh to be the ad it was almost like he was supposed to give his seal of approval on on pruitt that was supposed to be his guy and as you see uh fulmer's retiring from from the ad position today they announced yeah. that as well as oh the- they said it was unrelated to the investigation no i know it's unrelated but i think yeah i think he's probably just kind of embarrassed or not embarrassed but uh you know pruitt was supposedly pruitt was his guy or and if or maybe and if he wasn't his guy he like he signed off and threw his weight behind him because if you remember also like tennessee was like this close to getting uh was it greg shiano the the fan said no the fan said no yeah exactly in fact the the fan like number one fan 
Clay Travis like mounted a whole like campaign against him and basically got him to not get the job. And what was that because of something? Was that related to uh, because of his time at Penn State? Penn State, State yes. Yeah. That well, that was the that was the uh, that was what Clay Travis said the basis of his like thing was. He was like, we don't want him because he because he spent time at Penn State during all the like the scandal, but. I don't know. I don't really know. You know, that was what he said, but I mean, it wasn't just him. There were, you know, he built up this movement of Tennessee fans saying no to Greg Schiano. And so, um, so they, they had basically had to rip that contract up, you know, rip that deal up, bring in, uh, you know, Fulmer comes out there and gets, and, and says, this is our guy actually like forget Schiano. We're getting Pruitt. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there's, there's, Plenty. I mean, that's a that's a big job. I know the program is probably not as attractive as other programs in the country right now because they've been, you know, in the cellar. But uh, if you can win at Tennessee, that is a that would be a really good job. They had no problem with recruiting until you know the program started to take a dive in the I don't know. I guess the late the late two thousands. Um, but I don't know. It's like I, I'm sure the fans would probably want Lane Kiffin back now that he can run a program. At least it seems so. Uh, but then there's also Hugh Freeze out there. Um, I don't know. I think Tennessee, I saw some guys say, you know what, this, this is who they should go after. Boom. Hugh Freeze. And then he listened to two other guys I didn't know. But like, yeah, go after the, get a big name. Quit messing around, trying to find these, all these assistants that you think can do it. Just get a, get a name and be done with it. Yeah. They're not going to get Urban Meyer, but you know, still uh, get, get somebody as, as big as you can. Cause it's Tennessee. Well, the, the, the other thing is, uh, people who have been following this situation will know that conveniently right before, you know, probably like, I guess three weeks ago, like two or three weeks before, uh, before firing Jeremy Pruitt, they hired Kevin Steele away from Auburn as an unspecified yeah. role. They didn't even give him a job. And people were saying, yeah, like when they fire, uh, when they fire Pruitt, he's going to be the, the interim head coach. And so he, he's the acting head coach right now. Um, Okay. The question maybe, is, will maybe. that stay? Will you know? Will he just become the head coach, or will he? Will they hire somebody and he'll go to DC, similar way like the role he was at at Auburn? Uh, I guess we'll find out. But it, the 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 uh, the conniving Kevin Steele has may have may have his way of being a head coach at some program. Yeah, I, I didn't think he would really want it though. Uh, I mean, he's just been bouncing around in the SEC. Um, well, supposedly he 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 desperately wanted that Auburn job. Oh, really? And he was he was gunning for Gus Malzahn's job, um, and that's why he's been so toxic in in uh, as as a defensive coordinator at different places. You know, like that was kind of the reason why he was out at LSU. Uh, supposedly Malzahn, you know, he he gave Malzahn a lot of a hard time, and that was all because he was just constantly gunning for head the head job. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't. I can't imagine though that they would hire somebody and say yeah yeah we'd love to have you on one uh, there's just one clause in your contract we can't change you have to hire kevin Steele. i can't imagine anyone would go with that you know it's like unless he was you know like the best defensive coordinator out there but i don't i don't really i can't really say that he is mm-hmm. you know um talking talk about a program that's just been flailing like they haven't had a coach there for longer than what three three four years maybe i think uh 
Derek Dooley was the longest at like four years, and they just couldn't get it going. So it was Dooley to Kiffin, and then yeah. Kiffin to Butch Jones. Is that right? Yes. And then Butch Jones to prove it. Yes. And I think the best any of them ever did was like eight and eight, maybe. Yeah, eight and five. I don't know. But yeah, we don't know. Eight. Never mind. I'm thinking about NFL stuff. Right. Um, but uh, anyway, that, that'll be something to keep an eye on because uh, I don't know, you know, LSU plays them pretty much every other year, every other three years or something like that. Um, the, but, the crazy thing is that should be that's an it's an attractive job. I feel like you're yeah, SEC East, which is like not. I mean, if you could, if anybody, if you could bring in like a a really really good coach and, and recruit well to Tennessee, you could easily be one one or two in the East because it's florida and georgia in that in that division georgia has not been able to close florida has not been able to close uh they're in a good location they get to you know they, they have a, a a good proximity to they're probably would they be the the northernmost sec school uh kentucky is kentucky's for, further okay well still they have like a good proximity to you know talent that like lsu is probably not gonna see you know get get uh, as far as like, you know, LSU, it takes a lot for LSU to go up um, and and get somebody out of like we've been doing out getting out of Ohio and stuff. But Tennessee, it's a little bit it's a little bit closer for them. Um, it's a yeah. storied program. Like, you know, Tennessee has a you got to there's something behind that name. Mm-hmm. It, there it's, is. it's weird that, that they can't put it together. I know. Right. Uh, for for so long. Um, but I, just to touch on what you said about the recruiting, like in just proximity, I think Tennessee surrounded by like seven States, you know, I mean, it's a long state. It takes a while to drive straight across, uh-huh. but as far as where, where Knoxville is, like there's so many, uh, States and, you know, big cities that are within like a two hour drive of that. I think Atlanta, it's like three, something like that. I mean, it's way up in the Hills. I think they got the Tennessee could have the, you know, all of Appalachia locked down. Uh, at least up until West Virginia, but uh, it's, I think it's a, it's a good recruiting area just as far as like proximity, like you were talking about. So uh, they've, and they've always had good players, even though the the program has not succeeded. So I I don't know. I don't know what their deal is, but. um, Although I almost feel, I think it's going to be more, it's actually going to be worse. Like Tennessee's about to go get even, it's about to get even worse in Knoxville before it gets better. Because what they're supposed to, they they said that there's like two level one violations, which is the most the worst violations you can have, and then another level two. So yeah, and then they fired some assistants that were involved with that who were supposedly like heading it up. So they might go down the old miss path a little bit mm-hmm. for a while, or they just get nothing. Uh, and you can kind of see this coming because Tennessee had like blown up in the recruiting rankings like yep. two years ago and then everybody decommitted. They got like a bunch of four stars and like a couple five stars and they all decommitted. Uh, so maybe some of the recruits like kind of figured out what was going on, but um, they might've dropped the bag a little bit early and dropped the ball. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, like dropping the the ball. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I was going to say, speaking of dropping the ball or not dropping the ball, actually, uh, I wanted to mention, uh, there's a couple of tigers that were, uh, voted as freshman all American. Uh, one of them was, uh, wide receiver Keishon Butte, uh, who had, uh, 45 receptions, 735 yards and five touchdowns in his first season. Not too bad in just like a, you know, a shortened, weird season. Uh, and he had three straight 100-yard games, which was really amazing. Uh, I think he set a SEC single-game record with 308 receiving yards. That was uh, 
back against Ole Miss. Uh, and the other one was uh, Eli Ricks. Uh, he recorded four interceptions and 11 tackles and five pass breakups in his freshman campaign. And two of those interceptions, he returned for touchdowns. Well lived up to, you know, his, his billing as a, as a recruit and just. As uh, Mr. Pick Six? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so congrats to them. Um, I did want to announce also, or we want to announce also, um, Todd Harris has joined the groups of, of uh, players that's going to return uh, and keep his talents here. So that's awesome. I mean, whoever, you know, it, uh, whoever, <laughs> if Nielsen, you know, assuming he's the defensive coordinator to be, uh, he's going to have almost all returning starters. Is th- does that make it 21 out of 22? I've seen, I've seen yeah, 20 out of 22. So yeah, it does. That's crazy. Is Jabril Cox and Jacoby Stevens are like the two going to the NFL, so 20 out of 22, right? Okay, yeah, that would be 20 out of 22. But but because Harris is a – they swap in and out. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, either way, we're we're returning basically our entire team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we lose Jabril Cox, and I wish he he could stay, but it just doesn't make sense for him to stay. Um, No, I mean, I get it. And Stevens, I mean, I guess he could. I, they all could stay. Stevens was probably ready for the NFL last year. Yeah. Well, <laughs> although he said he was coming back. <laughs> wait, what? Well, didn't Jacoby Stevens like he could have? Uh, yeah, yeah, he could have last gone. year. He probably should have been at that point. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if he really lived up to his, his potential in this yeah, year. I don't know if he had a great season either. But um, yeah, so I mean, I, th- I think we're bringing back a really strong group. I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit excited. Uh, yeah, no, right. Just because of uh, the experience that we have, which was like you said, a complete opposite of last year. And and I think that you know we talk so much about culture and the culture of this locker room. How's the locker room doing? <clears throat> you know, you're going through these terrible times of oh, we're we're you know we're three and five or whatever we were at. Everything was desolate. We were gonna we were gonna end up being three and seven, and uh you end up five and five, but I remember when we talked about it on this podcast, uh, you know, things ended really well for LSU, but is it going to last or the, or is, or is this locker room and has coach O lost this team to where everyone's saying, you know what, I'm out. Like, I remember I was wondering, and I, and I, I, I don't think it's going to happen now just because of the way that some, a lot of these players have reacted in, in coming back. But I was worried that a guy like Derek Stingley might say, you know what, I don't want to be a part of this team anymore. Right. It almost seems like we're getting the exact opposite response. It mm-hmm. it almost it, it almost seems like this team is bought in. They've you know I think Coach O probably told that offense because I mean we have the entire offense coming back. Um, I think he probably told that offense uh, we're getting Jake Peets, we're getting DJ Mangus. Like just hold on, we can't announce it right now. They're still playing NFL football, but like mm-hmm. just hold on. It's it's a the, the ink is dry kind of thing. Um, and, uh, I think that, I think that persuaded, I mean, you persuaded the entire offensive line to come back and every person who was draft eligible on the offense who started just to come back. Terrace Marshall. Well, yeah, but Terrace Marshall, he decided to leave early. Like I don't, I don't count him as part of the team anymore. That's fine. Uh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't play the last, he didn't play the last two games, three games. He didn't play against Bama. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Or no, four games. He didn't play against Bama, uh, A&M, uh, Ole Miss, and Florida. Because mm. yeah. remember, he didn't want to be covered by Sertan. That's what you're we talking about. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's lost, whatever. Um, but uh, just some other uh, tidbits here. Uh, LSU did lose a commitment from its 2022 class. Uh, four-star defensive tackle shown Washington is reopening his recruitment. Um, you know, he signed, it was originally back in, well, he committed, excuse me. He committed back in August, uh, picking LSU over Alabama, Florida, and others. But I guess he's had a change of heart, as a lot of these guys do. Uh, don't know what it would be, but, you know, uh, who knows? And we did, uh, did did Eric Gilbert ever officially transfer? No, nothing's really been said. And then some people are thinking that he might want to stay at LSU, which is kind of weird. Well, because they say the Pete's man got to him. Yeah, he delivered the that pizza. Been my first <laughs> <laughs> the pizza man made a delivery. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you got Daniel? Do you have any other uh, recruiting stuff that I missed? Uh, not too much. The only thing was uh, Rajon Davis, former LSU commit, uh, four-star linebacker out of California, posted his top five after decommitting. LSU was included, but also USC, Ohio State, um, Oregon, and Vanderbilt. Oregon and Vanderbilt. So I don't know why Vanderbilt's in that group. Because he cares about his education. That's true. Most people think he's a USC lock, but at least we're still under consideration. And then after him, the 2021 class is pretty much done and done. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, all right. Well, guys, I uh, – I don't know if, if you had a chance to watch any LSU basketball this week. They actually they won really big against Arkansas, and then they, they barely beat South Carolina. Um, I didn't get to watch that one, but I, I was trying to follow it on social media while at work. It seemed like the Tigers, uh, for that one anyway, um, it's like South Carolina was uh, going to steal a win out of Baton Rouge, but then they just – it's like they couldn't hit a a field goal for like the last almost eight minutes. <laughs> and then LSU just – kept hitting free throws and uh, took it, took it away. So it's a good win. You know, you take a win any way you can. Uh, These guys are getting a lot more confident too, man. Just listen to them talk after the game. Uh, They just, they they feel like they can take on anybody, which which is great. Uh, And just it all other, you know, we're just drinking all other fans tears because they hate getting beat by Will Wade. Who's just a a horrible cheater. uh, If you ask them, but. I don't know. Yeah. The Tigers look pretty good. I, I can't, I can, I'm still surprised they're, you know, they're not ranked. I think I said last year, they last week they were ranked, but I think that was just based off of their, uh, you know, their scheduling, their RPI or something like that. But yeah, and then it's a, it's a big week this week because they play Alabama. This, they may have already played by the time this podcast is out, but on Tuesday night uh, on ESPN two. So Alabama's ranked 18. So that would probably bump us into the top 25 if we take that down at home. And then uh, on Saturday at Kentucky, you always want to take down Coach Cal. Kentucky's not one of their most formidable teams ever. But uh, yeah, what's going on with Kentucky? Yeah, they lost. They were started like one and six, and then they picked it up in SEC play. They did play a lot of like really tough teams right at the start because they had those like showcase mm-hmm. games. Um, but yeah, people say that Coach Cal was like self-destructing. And then there was reports – uh, one of uh, Cal's former players, Tyrese Maxey, is in the NBA. Uh, actually, just said that he doesn't care about winning college football games at all. He just cares about like getting college, wait or, uh, college basketball games at all. He just cares about like getting big recruits, sending them to the NBA, and then like making a lot of money, um, which is kind of weird. But that's like totally opposite of what I would think, Coach Cal. I always thought that the mo for Coach Cal was. I don't care about keeping good keeping college basketball players at all. I just want to win games and send them to the NBA. Yeah. Turn them in and out. Someone else the next year, anyway. You know, turn them in. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. I I didn't see that, Daniel. That's that's Mm -hmm. weird. The other one, I I guess, the other game to keep circled is that uh, 
on the 30th of, of January, we're going to be playing at uh, Texas Tech. Yeah, Texas Tech's a strong team. Obviously, they made it to the national championship final last year. Yeah, no, uh, well, not. You, it was Final Four. Final, final Four, four well, the last time they played. Last time we had yeah, Final Four. Um, <clears throat> and then, so, yeah, that would be cool. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, you guys watched the, the Saints game? Yeah. It was, we did. It was kind of, it was kind of I didn't hear Drew Brees officially say he's not coming back. So, I, you know, I'm not going to – I'll wait till I hear that before I, I react to it. I mean, most people seem to think that he's gone. I mean, it does – you know, just watch him this season, especially this last game. You know, it feels like he's he's lost a little bit. You know, he's lost a little bit off his fastball. Um, and it's just, mm-hmm. the, you know, the turnovers like that that kill it. At least it wasn't like some weird one play – uh that, that ruined their playoff chances they just they just lost that one um they just because they gave the ball away to to the bucks who they'd already beaten twice this year so go figure um i don't know uh i'd love to hear you guys' take i feel like you know the, the saints have a pretty good team in tech if if breeze comes back they're good i still think they need to find somebody else i don't know if it's Jameis. i doubt it's Taysom because you know peyton likes to use him in so many different ways and I don't know. He had some ball security issues of his own. So I don't know. Do you guys think this is uh this is, this is it for this era in new Orleans, or it's just like, all right, we're going to do it one more time. And maybe we don't. Choke maybe this is probably it. Although we kind of said one more time after last season, when Drew was thinking about retiring and then came back. Uh, and yet, I guess this is the fourth year in a row of playoff sadness for the Saints, but it seems kind of like the, the gas has run out in the tank almost. He's been struggling to make throws and he can still like play and, and manage a game, but he's not really going to take over, uh, which is what you need from your quarterback in today's NFL, looking at Patrick Mahomes or, or Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers. You think of like who are the best quarterbacks in the league right now? And they're, te- they're the teams that are still in the playoffs. And then Tom Brady, just the immortal man doing what he does. I was hoping for, for better from the Saints uh, yesterday. It was sad to see him go out this way. They kind of set the tone when Deontay Harris had that punt return. And then it, touchdown yeah, it that back. was called back. And it was like, oh, my goodness, we're just going to beat ourselves. And then that's kind of what they did with Jared Cook's big fumble and then three picks from Drew. Which, which I think two of those really weren't his fault. Like they, they didn't both of them bounce off of the hand. Yeah, exactly. One of them. So, but still, I mean, that, that one, that, that one pick was it just terrible. That was a really bad pick. Yeah. No, he threw, um, he threw it right to it. Well, it was, Devin White caught it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think that also side note, I think Devin White kind of cemented himself as maybe the best linebacker in the league last night. That was an incredible performance. Yeah. He was um, did it look like he had his LSU pads on? It looked like yeah, they all wear them now. Fournette wears them. Uh, uh, Devin White wears them. Who else? Who's the other one who wears them? I think DJ Chark does. It's a lot. It's like a thing now. All the LSU players are wearing their pads. I think oh Burrow wears them. Um, which is pretty cool. But uh, I mean, I think that if it, it I don't know if it, I don't know if it is going to be the end or if it, you know, if that was the end or not. But I think it needs to be. I, I actually, Daniel, you remember this four years ago after uh, the saints lost in that heartbreaking fashion to Minnesota. I said that the saints needed that if, if they were going to be cold and calculating and, you know, the best fraud front office, they can be, they would try to deal breeze and get some sort of value from him because I felt like that was their That was the peak. That was as far as that was, that if, the, if there was a year to win, that was when we were going to do it. 
and we and we did and that's and that happens sometimes i would have i would have liked to have seen us try to tank for i mean at that point you could have tanked for trevor uh you know that you could have tanked for two years and got him this year or somebody else but now um yeah i i think that they do need to move on i think that they need to uh I don't know. I, did you see the clip of him of Breeze looking at uh, like after the game was over or towards the end of the game? He, uh, Breeze was standing next to Jameis. He looks at Jameis, says, "This is your team now." Oh, really? Yeah, that supposedly that's what they, they. Some guy, you know, they had the clip and you can't hear it, but they, you read his lips and that's what he says. So mm-hmm. I guess I, now they they. I think Sean Payton has said he really likes uh, Jameis. I've really? seen him say that. So maybe that's the free future, but I know Daniel, you, you said you saw um, a mock draft that had the saints taking Mac Jones, which I would be all for. I think that'd be a great play. Yeah. I think that's fine. If, especially if he falls to the saints, you can scoop him up, maybe start Jameis for the first X games, let Mac learn the offense and then roll from there and then decide what you want to do with Jameis, either deal him uh, or maybe some rumors are that all the primo quarterbacks are going to be going early in the first round, probably five or six quarterbacks in the top, like 15 picks. So you might have to deal something to, to move up if you want to. I don't, I don't really know what our extraneous pieces would be besides draft picks. I don't think we have too many extra picks to, to deal, or it could be Taysom or Jameis and then put all your eggs in one basket, which is kind of risky, but maybe it's what we need put, to do. Put all your eggs in one max kit. In one trasket. <laughs> no. I do Ooh. not want Kyle Trask. Absolutely oh not. No. Uh, well, I don't know. But do but you think, like, if if they were to go out, let's say Breeze leaves, uh, like, for all, for all intents and purposes, like, that's the only position they need. Everything else, they're pretty, pretty good they're set at. Like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe like, a wide receiver after Michael Thomas, who right. maybe yeah, he's not the same. That, that might be the piece you need to send. And then to get a quarterback, another young wide receiver, if Traquan Smith can be healthy, then he's a, a weapon. The other one, but, they, I think they're going to lose that. Uh, who's the, who's the, the, the D end? Not Cam Jordan, the other one. Hendrickson. Hendrickson. Yeah, I think they're going to lose him. He's he had a, a, he had a big year, so maybe they could sell high on him. Uh, well, I think sure. he's going to be a free agent. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's I, I know I'm they have getting... cap space issues too. Like they're like going to be over the, the limit or something, which is is too bad. The Saints always seem to be like in trouble in that way. The Saints, it, I don't understand. Because of Breeze, it's been because of Breeze. And he always like postpones his contract, right? He like defers it like years and years, and then so the Saints like ended up owing him like more and more and more, and they like dig themselves into a deeper hole. And then and then I remember, um, like, it always just seems like we put together this team of just like paper clips and like bubble gum and drew Brees. <laughs> like as far as like the people you know what i mean it's like it's never like yeah you got michael thomas you got alvin Kamara, but like they weren't they're not it's not like you have uh just all these superstars like they are superstars but they weren't like the highly touted guys out of college it's not like you have uh you know derrick henry or something yeah exactly derrick henry and drew Brees and uh you know, Justin Jefferson or something like that. Right. It's it's guys who were really good and, and they hit on them scouting wise, but like Alvin Kamara, probably the most underutilized guy ever in college. Like no one even knew who he was in, when he came out of when he when the Saints picked him up and they turned him into the best running back or second best running back in the league. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I feel like uh, if if Breeze were to go, they should just go all in on a quarterback because. For the most part, they have all the other pieces in place. 
I think, I don't know. I mean, their defense was really good, but um, I know it's like in what you said earlier, Tommy, about um, that, that game against Minnesota. And then there was just that next year. Wasn't that the year where they missed pass interference call against the Rams? Yeah. It just seems like the Saints get us all hyped up and then we get to the playoffs and then <clears throat> something falls out. I mean, honestly, a couple of those, uh, what was it the last year against that, that missed pass interference call against the Vikings uh, tight end, I think. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Breeze is definitely not the same guy. I'd say the last couple of years, though, it hasn't, you know, it hadn't all been on him, but um, that, that, those last couple of picks, like, even though it did bounce off of, uh, I forget his uh, number 87, it was behind him. Like, he had to reach behind him yeah. to get it. That's why it was up in the air. Um, plus, there's other three guys around him. So I, I just, and it just when you watch like the difference between watching him throw the ball and then watching Josh Allen, I mean Josh Allen has an absolute rocket of an arm. Or Herbert, and he, or yeah, Herbert. he still does the thing he did in college, which is overthrow his receivers like occasionally. But he just like flicks it, and the ball's forty yards down the field before <laughs> you can blink. And I mean, and and I mean, I I feel like I'm just absolutely like trudging all over Drew Brees' legacy because you are. He's a great player. He's the he's one of the greatest to ever play. We all love him. He's great. We don't have to say, I don't feel like you should have to say that every time. Like, you know, everybody was like, oh, Drew, he's the best. He's the best ever. No, no, no. But yeah, but even, even the best, like get old. <laughs> so, and, and what's crazy is like, remember when, when, uh, when Brett Favre was playing, like he could still flick the ball down the field when he was 40 years old. Drew's arm is just, I mean, they had no, they had no, there was no deep threat at all. Mm. And the the Buccaneers they played it that way, they had no respect for deep for the deep ball because they didn't have to. So well, and the only deep ball we had was uh, James Winston on it was James Winston trick. on that trick play. Yeah. All right, well, I guess that um that might just about do it for us. I don't know, if Daniel or Tommy, do you guys have any final thoughts before we head out here? No. Nope. Uh, hope Patrick Mahomes comes back uh, for that game, and that'll make it more exciting a UFC championship. But that's all. Final thoughts for me. I hope we get Nielsen. I'm excited about him. Yeah, he'll, he'll be good for LSU, especially on TV. He'll bump up the Nielsen ratings. That's true. Yeah. Now we are full of them today, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. Well, I guess that'll do it for us here on Talking Tick. We'll keep you updated as, uh, as soon as this coach gets finalized, uh, hopefully tomorrow. Uh, then he can, uh, I guess, name the rest of his staff because that's the only positions I think LSU has left to fill is on the uh, defensive side. So, Maybe he has some guys he wants to bring in. Um, we'll uh, also keep updated on LSU basketball. We've got two big games this week. So uh, until next time, stay safe, stay tuned, and uh, we'll talk to you next week on Talking Tunes.